I had uh, at our, our first church, I had uh, chosen this same text for our Mother's Day message. And afterward, now you got to remember, this is, this is Pennsylvania, you know, we're on top of the mountain. And so uh, I had a guy come up after, he goes, I don't, I don't like the message. I said, why? He goes, it doesn't say honor your mother. It says honor your father and mother. And he couldn't get over that it was Mother's Day. And it wasn't about him today. It was about mom today. So guys, you get to well, relax a little bit here today, but this is part of honoring mother. And this is a special day for us around here. It's a special day for moms. And uh, so I don't forget to do it. Guys, call your moms today, okay? Don't forget, I had one in Sunday school class today, Debbie, she said, my son called me this morning already. And it excited her that, you know, she was remembered on Mother's Day. And there are many of us in this room that wish we could call mom, okay? You're not always going to have this. And sometimes we think that moms are here forever, and that's not the case. And many of us wish we could call mom and just to, to talk. I've had, in recent months, uh, quite a few services, funeral services, and uh, mums are who I had. Uh, matter of fact, uh, Louie McCreary's mom, uh, Annie McCreary, had hers uh, a couple weeks ago. And it was interesting when I was reading the obituary that in, involved with all of this is that mom, we're going to be missing, I can't remember what the one food was, but the other one was applesauce cake. We're going to miss mom's applesauce cake, and I can't wait to have some. They promise they're going to make me some of that sometime, you know. Moms are known for cooking. Don't ask me why, but all of these services, as the family is sitting and talking about mom and going down memory lane, somewhere along the line, boy, aren't you going to miss mom's, and then they can fill in the blank. Why is it they always have a specialty, you know? There's something that, boy, you know, it's, it's a little smidgen of this, a little taste of this, a little, you know, just a little of this all together. There's no recipe for it. You know, we just put it together. You know, unless you are behind her shoulder watching how much of a smidgen of this and a dash of that, you have no idea what she's putting in. It was to taste. You know why moms did that? Not for the, oh, mom, it's the greatest. She, she just couldn't wait to see the family coming around. And she couldn't wait to see all the kids around and eating and smiling. And there is something, there's something that a mom has as a touch. When, whenever kids skin their knees, they usually do not run into the house saying, Daddy, I hurt my knee. It's not dad, it's, it's mom. There is a caregiver that the mother becomes naturally. And through the years, as we get a little older, we start to look back at what moms did. And it wasn't just the food, but there was some, some education that mom was involved with. And moms do it a little different, but moms get the job done. There was a... Uh, couple students at a college listening to a individual speaking about Christianity and how it's a thing of the past and the scriptures are full of errors and that there is no God. We have evolved and we are what we are because of 
the survival of the fittest, etc. Well, two of the students, as they're leaving here, these two guys, they're walking down the path, and one guy said, boy, boy, that guy sure did it in him for Christianity, didn't All those big words that he used and all the deep, profound things that he was talking about, he says, boy, he really shot Christianity right down. And the other guy leaned over and says, you know, as I listened to him and everything he had to say, I still believe what my mama lived and what my mama taught. I believe in mama's God. No matter how deep and profound the professor, mama's words weigh a little heavier. There's something about the sincerity of mom. Matter of fact, one guy put it this way. An ounce of mother is worth a ton of professors. And I put in my own version, an ounce of mother is worth a ton of preachers. Boy, there's something about the way moms teach. There was, a, there was an individual, some of you know the name, uh, G. Campbell Morgan. He had four sons and they were all preachers. Someone once came into the drawing room when all the family was there and they thought they would see what Howard, one of the sons, was made of. So they asked him a question. Howard, who's the greatest preacher in your family? Howard had a great admiration for his father and he looked straight across at him and then without a moment's hesitation he answered, Mom. (laughs) There is just a way that moms teach, penetrate into the hearts of individuals that we don't forget. And that's what this day is about, is honoring moms. And I don't know why it is, but usually you just say mom, and you almost need a rack full of handkerchiefs to just start pulling out and start wiping the eyes. And this is the day we probably ought to have those little hooks on the pews with, with hankies to pull out for, for the sniffles. Because you know why? There's just something powerful and sensitive when we talk about mums. In this text, he tells us, and of course, verse 1, we read along with it, that there's an obedience to children are to have under their parents in the Lord. Because this is the right thing to do. And then he says in verse 2, to honor fathers as well as mothers. And this is the first commandment, notice this, that had a promise attached to it. And this promise is that it will not only be well with you, but while you're here on this earth, you'll actually live a little longer. Charles Stewart must have really honored mom and dad, 90 plus years old. And there are others that we can think of that went home to be with the Lord here. And you know what? I, I can't say genetically, scientifically, you know, that there's this proof. If you do this all of a sudden, you know, life and death, folks, is God's department, is it not? And there are many that have undone what doctors say was going to happen. You got six months, six years later, you know, they're still plugging away. You say, why is that? It's all God's department. And if long, God wants to give you just a little longer here because of fulfilling a very important law that was recorded in Exodus 20 for all of us to even remember as he tells us the same thing in the New Testament. There's something about this that is very important to God. You see, by honoring our mothers and fathers, of course, but as honoring our parents, 
It's a way of you and I obeying our God. And it is our way of honoring Him. It is by reflecting uh, honor on mom and dad, it's reflecting honor on God also. And this obedience that we're going to talk about in a little bit is such a critical part of our lives. And here, of all the laws, if you're going to, in other words, summarize and capsulize everything that's written in the law, you know, of course, we're to put the Lord first. You know, we're not to have any other idols. You know, he brings in this sabbatical law. He brings in, you know, you don't murder people. You know, you don't lie. You don't steal. You don't do those kind of things. You don't covet. All these commandments. And involved with that, he brings in the family. You know how he brings in the family? Honor your father and your mother that your days will be prolonged here upon this earth. And God says, this is something that is vital. It's sad, and I don't know if we'll have a chance to look at all the verses that I wanted to today, but there's one verse in particular that God tells us that when we are older, when our mother is older, He says to the children, as they are getting older, do not despise your mother. You see, despising and putting to the side and not listening and rejection is this the opposite of what is honoring to them? So God gives us a balance. He teaches us what we are to do, but also teaches us what not to do. Motherhood begins, for some, a lot younger than others. As we learn today, sometimes it's, well, whoops. <laughs> Wasn't expecting that one. And yet with each whoops, or whether it's planned, when that, when that child comes and you're able to hold that little baby and you count all the toes and the fingers, and you look at its nose and try to figure out who the baby looks at like, and you go through all of that, buddy, there is not one that you'd throw back. It doesn't matter what time of life, whether it's convenient or not, whether it's planned or not, and here's the one, whether you can afford or not. Uh, I was talking to a young couple there week, and they said, oh, we're going to have a baby. We're really expecting yet, you know, it's like we're still trying to get our finances in order. I'm like, listen, guys, I don't, you can't afford kids. You can't. You, they're too expensive. You can't, there's never a time you say, now we can afford them. You can't afford them. You have no idea what's going to come your way. That's why we walk by faith a day at a time. It's so sad that what is convenient and inconvenient that our country has decided we can go ahead and abort and kill a baby that we don't really want or we weren't planning on. Uh, we got one lady in our church that was an aborted baby, if you didn't know that. Alive and well here and has her own children now. And uh, guess what? This is all God's apartment. These little children, as they are given to us, God says are in heritage. They're from Him. Whether we plan or not, and there are many moms that I have prayed with and I have uh, wept with because for years and years they could not get pregnant and they could not have a baby. And through the years, what they have decided to do was to take and to adopt this little baby. And the love that a mom has for that child, even though she did not physically bring that child in to this world, even though she did not carry in her belly, 
there is a bond and there is a love that I don't care, there's no way of describing the magic between a mom and a child. Folks, it brought the house down here whenever the Vaughns showed their video, and many of you weren't here at that time, when they showed the video when they went trying to get little Grace. And they showed uh, the, the faces. And uh, uh, when I saw and watched Penny's face and watched her joy and delight of holding Grace and seeing her face finally for the first time. You see, there's just this instinct, ladies, inside of you that God has given you. But it's not, it's not just to say, I have a baby. It is now the hardest job to me there is on this earth is mothering. Because you're doing something that no man can do in this room. There is, there is a, uh, if you will, a nursing, a loving, a caring about these children that, that we can't understand as a man. And we want to honor you today because you were there when maybe we wanted to be and couldn't be. This way of honoring our parents is seen in the scriptures. There was something that Timothy, if you would turn over with me to First Timothy, excuse me, Second Timothy. Timothy was a preacher. And he was being brought up in the Old Testament scriptures. Second Timothy 1. There is a place here that Lois, the grandmother, and Eunice was, were honored in the scriptures. In verse number 5, 2 Timothy 1.5. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother mother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I pers- am persuaded that in thee also. In other words, he's, the word unfeigned is like, uh, remember, remember the old days when... when uh, you know, this is kind of pre-Hollywood, if you will. When there were actors up on the stage, well, they would get a mask and put this mask on. And this was a happy mask, you know. And, and later on, you know, it was a sad scene. So they'd get a sad mask and they'd put this mask on and show. And that was called feigning one's self. To be unfeigned means to put the mask away and show the real thing. Unfeigned is not covered up. Not putting on a facade. The real thing. And he's saying, your faith, Timothy, is real. It's genuine. It is sincere. It's not a mask. But guess where you got it? Not from dad. You got it from mom. You got it from grandma. Later on, he talks about that from a child, you have learned the scriptures they were putting into his heart and into his mind at a very young age what to believe. And I still believe the Old Testament Scripture when it says to train up a child in the way they should go, when they are old, they will not depart from it. And I don't care how the theologians want to break that thing and bust that thing up, I still believe it. If you have a wayward child, you keep on praying. Trust me, those things that you place into their minds as a kid, they have not forgotten it. They may shun it, they may go away from it, but they don't forget it. And you just pray the Lord's going to bring those things into the mind to say, you know what? She was right. Mama was right. 
Because Mama loved. Mama gave the scriptures. And Mama proved it. The way she lived. This example that she gives is by what she teaches, but also by what she lived. And because as a child you are taken care of and you are ministered to, there is a way I believe that we can honor our mothers. Look at 1 Timothy in chapter 5 now. Talking about how do we, how do we take mama... Who has, who has loved us and been the example. She has taught us. She has done all of these things. Now we're going to break it down to, but now how do we take that one who has loved us, brought us up, they have taught us their example, everything has been there. How do we honor them now? I think this scripture is one way. First Timothy chapter number 5, I want to read verse number 8. I'll develop the text for you in a moment. He says, But if any provide not for his own, and I circle the word own, especially for those of his own house. He has done this. He has denied the faith, and he is worse than an infidel. The word infidel means an unbeliever. Somebody that's not a child of God. If a child of God would not be willing to take care of his own house, he has denied the very word of God, and he is worse than, worse than an unbeliever. Now, all of a sudden, we're taken to a pretty low level there. You know, this day and age, it's absolutely amazing to me how the faith is being denied. The Word of God is being denied in the home. And all of a sudden, the responsibilities that are laid upon us as parents, mums today, are being passed on to somebody else. It starts out when you find out that you're a child, you have a child inside of you, and you choose, a person would choose to destroy that child and kill it so your life can be more convenient. You have denied the faith. You have taken that which is your own. Nobody made that. Okay, you. You made a choice. And you are now destroying that. You have denied the very word of God. That's a creation. That's a gift from God. You have denied the faith worse than an infidel. All of a sudden, you go into the next step, and now you have a child, and you decide everybody else's job is to raise a child that you brought into the earth. No, it's not everybody else's job. It's your job. It's called responsibility. And so you now have a child that you're responsible for. Nobody else is responsible. You are. And if you say, I'm going to pass it off to somebody else to raise, then guess what? You have taken your own and passed on. Now, there are times, single moms, I understand adoption, and I'm not talking negative about that. I'm just talking about you don't care. You have denied the faith. You have not taken care of your own. And then as life goes on, all of a sudden we depend on everybody else to feed and to take care of and, and educate. You know what? This is not, by, not the school's job. It's not Awana's job. This is your job to train them up and, and put in faith in their lives. It's your job. If you depend on everybody else, you haven't taken care of your own. Then we go into the next phases later on in life. All of a sudden, and this is where we're heading to in this text actually. Now here we are. We're all growing up. We're all growing up. And this whole thing of life turns over, a circle of life, if you will. You know, when we're a little baby, we need somebody to take care of us. We need somebody to spoon feed us, to help us to drink, to help us in so many ways, because a child cannot take care of itself. 
You know what happens many times later on in life? Same thing happens, folks. The abilities are not there anymore. And they need somebody to care for them. And guess what? It's not the government's job. It's not the nursing home's job. Whose job is it? It's a kid's job. We don't like to hear this, but i got to tell you. If you take, listen, folks, I'm going to be a little mean here today, but if, if, you're, if your goal was to put mama in a good nursing home, shame on you. If that's your goal, I'm not going to take care of you. No, no, no. Now listen, you, you minister as best as you can. There are places that they need that kind of help. But sometimes we will not put ourselves into an inconvenient part of life. Because I've got all of my goals. Give me a break. Folks, it absolutely breaks my heart. Can I be honest with you? My least favorite thing to do as a pastor is to go to the nursing home. It is my least favorite thing. I walk in and I smell I walk in and I see no one there. I mean, I go into the room here to see so-and-so, and and this person has no one that's seen them for absolute years. And I'm like, what is up with this? It's as though they become this place where they despise their parents. They're they're, they're my own, but I'm going to put them to the side. In the text, folks, guess who we're talking about? Widows. Women, moms, the husband has died, and ghosts who's left, children. He even goes into the details of nieces or nephews are even mentioned in this text. That would then minister to them so that the church would not be charged. So all of a sudden, we pass the buck to everybody else, and they're even saying, well, the church's job is to do that. Oh, who gave the church that job? It's not theirs. If any man does not take care of his own, he is denied to faith. And is worse than an infidel, folks. You want to honor mom? Be there to the end. Be there to the end. In verse 16, if any man or woman that believes have widows, let them relieve them. Let them not, let not the church be charged. It may relieve them that are absolutely widows indeed, that have no children, they have no means, they have nobody to visit them, they have nobody to minister to them. All of a sudden, we have to take this responsibility then on ourselves. When I had my mama's funeral, uh, she lived in Alabama with my sister Sandy. And uh, my dad died in 92. Uh, he passed away first. And mom said, do you want to do his, his service? I said, there's no way I can do dad's service. I, I, I don't think I can make it through it. Well, midway through the service, I'm thinking, I wish I would have preached. And so mom later on, she goes, when I pass, will you do my service? And I said, I will. I will do your service, mom. And I did. And uh, yeah, as a preacher, you look for the opportunity to preach to your whole family. Yeah, I had a chance to do that. But it wasn't just to get the gospel out. It was to honor mom. So it's for and uh, in the midst of that service, the hardest thing, the, the, really, I think the only time I cried was when I publicly wanted to thank my sister Sandy, who was there in Alabama and taking care of mom. 
and taking her to Birmingham for cancer treatments, back and forth, being there, taking care of things around the house, uh, etc. I mean, I cried. How can you say thanks enough for doing something like that? And it took commitment. Sandy would call me crying at times. And it, it was hard. But I'm going to tell you what. My sister Sandy honored her. And it wasn't easy. Be there. Be there. And yeah, you might not be able to, you know, I know some with the Alzheimer's, they can't physically take care of themselves. Nobody's there to pick them up. And I understand there is an absolutely a place where homes come in. But whether you agree with me or like me or not, I really don't care. I think sometimes we pass off the responsibilities that God has given us because of being, well, it's not real convenient right now. We would yell at an abortionist, or Mumba did that, but if we go away from our parents and we despise them, we've done the same. In Proverbs, God says that there is something that happens with a parent and their child. And that is that the parent's job is to teach. Therefore, the child's job is to listen. I'm in Proverbs 1, verse number 8. It says, My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. It's repeated later on also. So that's Proverbs 1 and verse number 8. My son, hear the instruction and then mom is the lawgiver. Isn't that interesting? She understands principles and standards and strictness. You know why mom was strict? Because she loved you. She wanted what was best for you. And so because she has given you these principles, look over at chapter 10 and verse 1. Proverbs 10.1. Proverbs 10.1. The Proverbs of Solomon, a wise son, maketh a glad father, but a foolish son, now notice this, is the heaviness of his mother. The word heaviness is the word for grief or the word sorrow. My pastor, uh, when he was young, he, he was Christian young age. Mom was just a wonderful Christian. He really, really, really uh, respected her. And uh, he said there were times that, you know, the curfew, of course, was 11 o'clock. His, his dad had passed away at a young age. And uh, so mom raised him. So these teen years, all of a sudden, you know, 11 o'clock or 10 o'clock was the curfew. And sure enough, he said, one night I came in late. And as I was coming in late, you know what teens do. Of course, they don't turn the lights on. You take the shoes off so you can tiptoe up because maybe she's sleeping. You know, maybe she won't hear me. And all of a sudden, he listened and he heard her. And what he heard was her crying and praying for him. Because she broke, he broke mom's heart because of disobedience. And tears and sorrow were there. 
And to the son, it will be, oh, it's no big deal. But you don't understand what's going on in mom's heart. The heart has been broken because of a disobedience of a law that had been created. Because, because she knows that most likely at that time of night is when things that are going on bad and wrong, I don't want my son to be involved with. It wasn't just a fact of disobedience, but most likely mischief was involved with it. And that's why the breaking of the heart was there. And it's not until, teens, you become the parent. And you're responsible until you understand mom and dad. It's not until you are there and all of a sudden that child falls and hurts themselves and all of a sudden you're so concerned and it's like your stomach just jumps inside of you and you have these concerns until you're a parent. Do you understand? So don't despise mom's law. Don't despise it because she wants what's right for you. Because she loves you and she wants to take care of you. And that's what chapter 15 deals with. Proverbs 15 1520, a wise son maketh a glad father. You know, we want, to, we want him wise. But here's the contrast, as Proverbs does. A foolish man despises who? His own mother. And I've seen it, guys. I've seen it. I've seen him. Yes, Dad. Okay. But as soon as Mom starts saying something, they don't respect that. God says that kind of a person is a fool. And there's no wisdom in them. There's something that mom brings to a home that balances everything. The gentle, loving provider is the one also that is caring for your soul, caring for your future, and when they start bringing things down and want to sit across the table and, and have a cup of coffee and just talk to you about life, and it's just like, Mom, I don't want to hear it. Listen. Just listen to Mom. And don't despise her words. Don't go away from those things. And you will become wiser. Despise her not even when she is old. What we see is Proverbs 31, and we'll close with this. And there's a couple others, but we've got to let you go home. Look at Proverbs 31. This is the story of the virtuous woman. And let me show you how these children took the virtuous woman and how they honored her. Proverbs 31, 28. It says, her children, the, Pro the Proverbs... Uh, 31 virtuous woman, her children rise up and call her blessed, and her husband also, and he praiseth her. Instead of children dishonoring and, and saying negative things about, instead what they say is, Mama's wise. Mama provided. And in this text, Mama went out and she actually was able to handle money. She was actually able to know something that was good value and be able to buy it. Mom's pretty smart. The way we honor her is to speak well about her. 
It's amazing how James tells us how with the same mouth we can curse man and in the same mouth we bless God. He says, "Uh uh-uh, it doesn't work that way. It is something that we have in our mouths which is an ability to say something positive, to encourage, and to let people know how, how happy we are to be part of them. Folks, this day, we are commanded in the Scriptures, honor mother. Listen, she's been the example. She has done well to take care of you. And now that many of us are older, it is ours to also honor them, not despise, not go against, but to be there. (laughs) Folks, uh, I wish I could sit down with my mom today. Is that the easiest way of saying what this message is all about? Wish I could sit down with mom and listen to her. Because you know why? In a lot of years in my life, I didn't want to. I didn't. And I was wrong. But it was amazing as I got older how smart mom became. All of a sudden, mom had some common sense here. It's like, you know what, mom? You're reading these people pretty right. Don't wait till we're older till we understand what we have. Honor your mom. Call her today. Alrighty? Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. Bless. Thank you for each mom here today. Use this brief invitation time, Lord, and we will thank you for Jesus' sake. Amen.